So welcome to The Inner Dominatrix, the show that gets you stepping into your bold, sexy, fun-filled life. And today I have a very exciting guest with me, Allison. And I forgot to ask you, how do you pronounce your last name? How embarrassing <laughs> is that? Allison, what's your last name? It's Donna Gee. Donna Gee. Okay. I would have said Donna He. So thank you. Okay. <laughs> I've never had the opportunity to you know, discuss what your last name is. So, mm. um, so you are a thought strategist and I love talking with you because you <laughs> just, you're like me. We like look at things in a completely radical new way of, of, approaching life and turning it on its head upside down inside out and then it gives us a new perspective right and it gives our clients a new perspective which I love and now so you have a very successful business you're an author you've got change your business change the world the domino effect of your thinking and of course you specialize in challenging people to think opposite at least once a day so welcome to the show Thank you so much for having me. It's always a treat in my day when I get to spend time with you. Yes. Yes. And it's interesting what you were saying too about the introduction about how we have such a different um, perspective and it's different than other people. And it's interesting because I never really think that my perspective is different. I just, I have other people say it is, but for me, it just seems so commonplace. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, you know, it's normal and it's natural for us because we're always thinking opposite and different. And then it's not until somebody gives us that reflection back that we go, oh, not everybody does this. Mm -hmm. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I find it sometimes difficult to separate what is common or or typical Mm -hmm. from what I think. Do you ever have that? I think I've come to the point now where I, I've really embraced the fact that I do think very differently from people. So I'm, mm-hmm. I kind of make the assumption that <laughs> yes. I am too, but apart from making that assumption, I don't know. I don't know when it stops and I end and, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I want to dive in and explore a little bit about, you know, this idea of thinking opposite and business. Cause I know for me, like, having the ability to look at things differently and try things that are totally radically different has been such a gift for me. So walk us through the process of how you see that helping people in business. Oh, I think the, uh, the first thing that I, I encourage people to do is step outside of their own business and start looking at the picture as a whole Because when we're in our business, we often just think of it from our business perspective, and that only takes us so far, and that really just fulfills our own needs. But when we can set that aside, suspend our belief about it, think opposite, um, we can actually then proceed with more perspective because we're thinking about our customers' experience with us and our community's interpretation of us. But until we start seeing things from their perspective, it's very hard for us to see our own business accurately. Mm -hmm. And if we can't see it accurately, then how do we improve on it? For sure. Where do you start with people? So it's like, okay, you need to think from the perspective of your client, like, how do you get them to think that? Because I find I've said that to people and they're like, I don't know. And they'll they'll tell me something. And I'm like, that's not your client's experience. Like, so what do you do? First of all, and I, and I outline this in my book, and actually the name of my book is Think Opposite, 
using the domino effect to change your business, change the world. They I was just got picked up by a publishing, a distribution publishing company, Morgan James, and they're putting it in bookstores. And so typically they change the name of a book and that's what okay. happened. So it's a wee bit confusing, but it is Think Opposite and it'll be available in bookstores in September. But what um, I outline in there is basically there's four sections of it. And the first one is really understanding yourself and why you're in business. Because if you don't know, your message will become so skewed to the public. And you won't be able to understand the other three steps. Uh, so I suggest to people that they get really, really clear about why they are doing this particular job and not some other job. And often that's easy for us to do. If you ask like a barista at Starbucks, why is she a barista there and not working at a donut shop serving coffee? She will be able to tell you why. Right. Because there is very little crossover between those personalities. You're either a Starbucks person or you're a Tim Hortons person. (laughs) That's just kind of how it is. And, And their staff feel the same way. Yeah. So getting into that space of understanding why you're in that business and like why are you a coach and not a teacher at a school why are you an accountant and not a lawyer once you start breaking down those personality types then you can understand why it gets you excited to be doing what it is that you're doing it will attach you again to the love of what it is that you're doing Mm. once you understand that then you're going to be able to build your entire business around that foundation so I think of it like that's your trunk of your tree Mm-hmm. And then everything else branches off of that. And once you know what your foundation is, what your trunk is, then when you're dealing with customers, which is, you know, the next step of the, what we look at, you'll be able to send a really clear message to them. And therefore, you're going to be attracting your people as opposed to trying to market to everybody and then ending up with those customers that all you want to do is get rid of because they take up so much of your time and effort. And then you, you take steps back and you don't understand, you forget why you like what you're doing because this customer has made you hate it so much. Mm. So it allows you to, to attract those people that get what you're doing. And I think that that is a huge, huge part, but you can't attract the people that you want if you're not clear about who you are. Oh, I love it. That is brilliant. And Mm -hmm. it definitely sums it up. And I I have to agree wholeheartedly in the, the more I have really embraced this dominatrix theme and the why of what I'm doing, I am finding people are just like magnetized to me more Mm. and more. Like I have to share a little win. So I, I spoke, I was actually at a workshop and then, you know, it was a sales workshop. So she invited us to to make an offer if you wanted to make an offer. And I was at first holding back because I know that, you know, compared to the rest of the room, I had done a lot of training and I've I've had speaker training. And so I, you know, I partially didn't want to outshine everybody, but at the same time I was like, well, it might be kind of fun to get, do an offer. So the facilitator said, do you want to? And I, and I, so I got up and I, I did, I did this two minutes and it was like, I was just so in alignment with what I was doing. I was so turned on to my message and and what's going on. And when I made the offer, literally a woman jumped up and ran over to give me her card. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. And you know, and you're such a perfect example of that. You are so clear about who you are and who you help, but you can't be clear on who you help without knowing who you are. And yeah. you've got that nailed. Yeah. Now, I mean, you know, uh, it's mm-hmm. taken me some time 
Yeah. You know, it like I first had this niggle back in maybe even 2011 that I wanted to play in this dominatrix theme, 2011, 2012. So, and it's not until the last six, eight months that I've really been embracing it. So it's been a journey. I, I want right. to hold that out for people. It's not like you wake up one day and go, oh, I'm going to like, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to be a dominatrix and I'm going to talk about being a dominatrix in my life at one point, right? No. Not so much. And I think there are two types of people in the world. There's those people that when they're five years old, they know they want to be a doctor and nothing mm. is going to stop them. Right. Right. And in, in some ways, I'm extremely envious of those people. But in other ways, I don't think their journey may be as interesting. Mm. Like it's great that they're following that passion and, and they have that clarity, uh, which we are all trying to, I think, attain. But there's an awful lot to be said with muddling along and finding your way and mm -hmm. figuring it out as you go. It gets really discouraging at times, and I'd like to really encourage people to not get discouraged because embrace that beauty of it because what it is is you're preparing yourself for the person you're becoming, and all of mm. those experiences are part of that person you're becoming, and that person you're becoming is extremely complex and needs all these bits and pieces. Brilliant. I, you know, I, yes. I, you know, this is why I wanted to have you on the show because it's like, you and I really are aligned. You say something, I'm like, yes, I would, you know, it's like articulated differently, but I love it. I love mm. it. And Oh, so it's kind of like that expression where somebody is looking for a girlfriend or a boyfriend and, and they just really, really want to have a partner. And when I hear that, I say what was said to me or I overheard or something, because it's definitely not my wisdom, is that trust that you're getting ready for them and they're not yet ready for you. So they're getting ready for you. Mm. And I think the business is the same thing, stepping into who you are. Like you're in the process of getting ready for that because if you are ready for it now, your clients might not yet be there and they're getting ready for your message and you will merge beautifully as that happens. So true. I've, I've really discovered that the business as it grows, like as far as size and people, and of course, you know, I've had a business where I had six staff and a million in sales and, you know, that would, that was a certain type of beast. And I had to grow into that. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's pretty hard to just walk in, open the doors and now you've got, you've got that size of a business yeah. without doing your own internal work to be able to handle it. Mm -hmm. And my son is stepping into an ownership role in my house painting company as I step more into domino thinking and thinking opposite part of my life. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting seeing him step into something that's established and my experience of building it mm. and our relationship with it. He has a very, very different relationship with it because he didn't nurture it. He didn't build it. He didn't have that blood, sweat, and tears in it like I do. <laughs> but he has a very different and equally um, helpful perspective, but it's very, very different. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's, it, I mean, it's brilliant that you've got that combination because, you know, when somebody comes in, they haven't done that blood, sweat, and tears. Mm -hmm. They have more detachment from it. And, you know, they're not attached to the things that you have been implementing and trying and you yeah. think are working he comes in he goes he can evaluate it with a fresh pair of eyes and go that's not really working that doesn't matter how much time you spent implementing it's <laughs> not working and it's got to go yes and 
the, and the flip side is that I, he gets to understand why we've been successful because of all of these little idiosyncrasies about my particular business mm -hmm. and how I've created systems and the reasons behind them. Like, and this is one of my pet peeves lately because I went into um, a local tanning salon and I wrote about this place in my book because Linda is absolutely amazing at customer service, like mm -hmm. unbelievable. And she's sold. And mm. these new people have come in with their own vision and idea of what her business should be, <laughs> yet it's not what her people necessarily want. And I used to be able to just drop in and my life is really, really busy. So if I found myself close to there, I could just stop in. I can't do that now. And I went, oh, why would they get rid of that? Like that was such one of her like really great things, not just because of me, but because other people said it too. Um, <laughs> and they used to keep our goggles and our lotion behind the counter in a bag. Well, they don't let, the new owners don't like the idea of having bags. And so they won't keep our goggles in case we get pink eye because somebody else's goggles could touch our a container of goggles and we could get pink eye. Well, if you think wow. about it, they're going to touch their goggles. They're going to touch their lotion. Their lotion's going to go next to my lotion. I could still get it. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's taking something over and not understanding what made that thing magic in the first place. Mm -hmm. And so they aren't going to do as well as her with her people. And that's why they bought it. Right. It, and it's, it's not, it's yeah. not thinking about those, those little things and that those little things and customer service are huge. They are huge. Cause you know, mm -hmm. there's, you know, if we look at just tanning salons, right, there's how many different tanning salons, oh. but you know, you've got to differentiate yourself with those little touches. I mean, mm -hmm. I would love it if my tanning salon had kept my goggles because then I don't lose them. <laughs> yes. Or forget them. Or, or forget them. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I forget things and I change handbags and mm -hmm. I drive a Jeep, so there's no storage. And so it's people, we don't understand but that one little thing, we're getting rid of bags, that yeah. domino effect and how it Huge. impacts so many other things. Like once my minutes are up, I'll just find a salon that's closer. Well, yeah, because, you know, you don't have the loyalty there. You know, when, you're, yeah. when your stuff is there, you've got your package, you've got your goodies, it's so much easier to go back to the place that you know. And if it's been easy, you're going to go back there, mm -hmm. right? And that's that customer experience. So, yeah. you know, hopefully they will listen to this and change something, but... Yeah. And I really want to sit the owner down and say, can I just give you some like free advice right now? <laughs> Take it or leave it. But can I just share this with you? Because I don't want to see you losing this dream that you have. And, and it's possible that she will build it up and be even bigger and better mm -hmm. and create her own level of loyalty. But the only thing that I can see different right now is the place looks cleaner. Like wow. the other place had an old paint job and terrible colors. And yeah. as a painter, I noticed those things. And, yeah. and it wasn't, it was dirty, but it Just wasn't. Tired. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so I see that they've done aesthetic upgrades, but it's that, that other part. Mm -hmm. and, and often in our businesses, we think if we can just have the shinier vehicle or the better <laughs> website, um, mm -hmm. then we forget that it's the content of what we are actually supplying. It doesn't matter what cup the coffee comes in. If it's crap coffee, it's crap coffee. Yeah. I mean, that's so true. It's like, why was Starbucks so successful? initially they've gone through some lumps and bumps they're finally coming back around to their customer service but 
there used to be when you first when I first started with them, I was so loyal. You go in, they would remember your name. They're like, do you do you want to have this again? Because that's what you usually have, right? And they chat with you, and there's that engagement, mm-hmm. and you know that's coming back around. They're writing your names on the on the cups, and you know there's all kinds of interesting posts with people having misspelled names and things, right? <laughs> Which is also good social media. So yes, there's some good pluses for that, but. You know, they're coming back around and realizing that they've got to bring in that customer experience again. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. you know, there's umpteen coffee shops, especially here in Canada. Oh, my goodness. Mm -hmm. I think there's more coffee shops than there are people in this town. It is crazy. (laughs) It is crazy. We do love our coffee shops. We do. Yeah, I counted it for fun. Like, so I'm in a in a town with a population of about 150,000, and we have 170 places to buy coffee, like coffee shop type places. Wow, that's that's not even counting restaurants. It's well, some restaurants because like, like the places where cafe type places. Yeah, the places you can run in and get a coffee to go. Oh wow, that's it's crazy, insane. I mean, how much coffee are people drinking? Mm-hmm. So. And you know, like from, but although I heard a friend of mine lives in um, Washington, and apparently they're taking out outlets. Um, so people can't charge their phones or computers mm. and they're doing that to curb the number of homeless people that are going in there to charge their phone, which to me is like such an oxymoron. It is. Um, <laughs> there's a phone, you have a phone bill, but no rent. And it just really is a sad state of affairs. Wow. And I'm certainly not implying they don't deserve to have a cell phone because, you know, I'm not hating on poor people. I, of course they can have a cell phone. Mm-hmm. It's, it's part of life now, but what is it in, in our society that makes having a cell phone possible? but not a place to sleep. Like, yeah. And don't even get me started all of that. But yeah. Starbucks apparently is now making it more difficult. And wow. they're even talking about doing a completely online coffee shop. So you, you order your phone on your phone, mm-hmm. your coffee, and you go to a window. There's no place to sit. There's, and then oh. your coffee just shows up. Wow. Well, I have, yeah. I have used the app and ordered and then, you know, I go in and my coffee's already ready. That's fabulous. Yeah. Although I am way too picky about my coffee. <laughs> like it has to be like half sweet. And oh, no, no. And- the, app, the app, you know, it's a little plug for Starbucks, but you can totally <laughs> customize it the way you would standing oh. there. You want this, you want half this, half that. And then you can put okay. in your specialty stuff. It's like you want an extra hot or whatever like there's right. a million options in that app sometimes that's annoying uh, but well yeah but I, mean, I, that's I, I think the first time I tried to use it I couldn't I couldn't do it and oh. they couldn't help me do it so maybe they've upgraded it possibly but I'm on this whole new eating kick and it does not include a caramel macchiato <laughs> so <just> sadly <laughs> it does not I can't wait for a cheat day but I love the experience of it it's like you say mm-hmm. when when you go to a place and I know I'm not going to be judged because I wanted half calf or whatever weird mm-hmm. thing I want that day um, and I get to sit there and I get to have the noise of the people and it's all that white noise where I can sit there for an hour or two if I want yeah. and just get work done I that has so much value to me I can't really I don't have that same feeling when I go to Tim Hortons no right it's a different place but if people stare at me and they think I'm weird if I do that at Tim Hortons yeah um or maybe that's just my opinion because I'm a Starbucks girl um (laughs) but it, it comes back to knowing who your audience is, knowing your customers, knowing those points mm-hmm. of contact. Like um, I offer clients and if anybody wants one, they can, you can totally put down my information. I can send them one, but it's a form of how do you, 
Um, what are your points of contact with your customer? And it's, I'm amazed at how many times people get it wrong. Like when I say, if you're looking at, say, Cactus Club, and that's a restaurant we have here. Do you have it back east? No, they don't have okay. those here. Yeah. All right. So say even McDonald's, if we say McDonald's, because that's, you that's know, universal. universal. Yeah. Um, what's their first point of contact with their customer? And I'm surprised at the number of business people that tell me when they walk in the door, the place has to be clean. And I think, oh, yeah, no, it's before that. And they're like, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, I guess the parking lot needs to be clean, too, and easy to access. Mm -hmm. Yep, that's really important. But it's before that. It's when that person first decides it's hungry, who's foremost to come to their mind. Ah. If you're dealing with good restaurants, then it's who's gone, who's recommended, where have you yeah. seen their advertising, who can you phone? Oh, hey, um, Sue, what, what's a good place to go and eat? What is she going to tell me? Is she going to tell me the Cactus Club? Is she going to tell me McDonald's? Right? So right. our business extends way before our customer actually becomes our customer. Oh, for sure. And when we can start understanding that, then we can understand what we can control and what we can't control. Is our website a proper representation of our company? Like, are they going to see this um, dark and moody website for a restaurant and then go into this loud, bright <laughs> space? And here you are taking your partner in for a romantic dinner and uh, that's not really going to turn out the way you want it to, right? So the consistency, every single step of the way, you want your customers saying the same things. They have the best soup in town, mm. right? So, the, and then what can you control? What can't you control? Like the local cactus club here, and I'm not plugging for it because it's not a fan, <laughs> but some their lettuce wraps are actually pretty good. Um, but their parking lot is horrible. They can't Ugh. control that. They can't. Right. That's, that was there when they moved in. Right. Um, but what they can control is how you feel the second you walk in the door. And so when somebody's there to hold the door open and say, oh, good evening. Thanks for coming on in. I think, oh, I've forgotten about my parking lot experience. Right. And now I am solidly in Cactus Club's hands to yes. do with me what they will. And then what's the next step? The next step is waiting for a table. The next step is being walked to your table. Which table are they giving you? Are they giving you the crap one in the middle of the room or the nice booth, right? Like it's, it's all of those experiences. How do they take your order? Do they bring you water? Do they bring you bread? And at every point in those contacts, we have control. Cactus Club has control over how they're handling that situation. I and when that. they bump up against something they don't have control against about, they know because they've, you know, done something similar to this and they make sure that next step is a fabulous step. So you win mm. them back every single time. That's and a brilliant example. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> well, it's easy. Everybody understands food, right? Yeah. And we all have an opinion about how we feel in restaurants, how we want to be treated. Mm-hmm. So if that's the case, your customer, your clients, your patients, whatever the case may be, has a particular understanding about how they want to feel in your business. So true. I, I can give you an example of the, the opposite of that. Mm -hmm. So there's a, there's a restaurant in town, and I, I like their food. So it's a Thai restaurant, which if you know me at all, that's like my ultimate favorite food. But this restaurant, so they took this beautiful old building in which you used to enter from the front door and you'd you'd come up this you know beautiful deck and they move the entrance around to the side almost to the back and so you're coming in this wonky kind of hallway that sort of doesn't feel like you should be entering in and you're not really sure should you come through or not come through and and you kind of have to walk through tables to get to the middle of the restaurant to then get seated it's this wonky experience and feng shui 
feng shui, terrible feng shui. But it, for them, it's it probably isn't. It's probably really good feng shui. Possibly, but, but it's not turning into sales. No, and they can't change the space around enough to accommodate that. So feng shui doesn't always, I think, take into consideration the logic right. of it. And so when you are fully embraced in something, and this is such a beautiful example, so thank you for giving it because <laughs> they're so perhaps embraced. And maybe there's other reasons too, and I'm, mm. I'm assuming the feng shui, but let's go with that. They're so um, embraced in that feng shui, they cannot see the problems that stem from it. Yeah. And in their mind, all of those problems are totally acceptable because they're balanced in their feng shui. Possibly. Uh, that's right. the only explanation it doesn't I can translate. think of. It's yeah. not translating. Yeah, I worked in a restaurant shame. and um, it was the same thing. And I kept saying, can we please change this? They're like, nope, it'll, it throws the balance. I said, but people aren't comfortable when they're walking in the door. So how is that balance? Nope, nope, we can't change it. We can't, like, that'd be wrong. And it's like fearful for them to mm-hmm. do it. Like, it's like a religious belief. Wow. And so, it, yeah, but it is interesting. And you just kind of want to go to these people and say, please, can we just get your feng shui person back in here <laughs> can we reevaluate this can i walk through with them please yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. but those are really great examples about how we can step outside of our own business and see how are we doing that like how are we married to one of our ideas mm. that's not serving us that we we think is serving us because after all it's our idea and all of our ideas are great <laughs> aren't um, they well, yeah, i don't know but yours or mine is don't. oh yeah um, <laughs> and when they're unexamined how do we know they're actually good how do we know they're attracting the right people so how many times have i talked to people who go i keep attracting the wrong people And then I say, well, have you looked at this part of your system? Because this part of your system attracts those people. Change that part, you'll change who you're attracting. And they're like, oh, and then they do that and it works. So now you work with people on a a more of a strategy level as opposed to a coaching level, right? Right. Yeah. Coaching's not my bag. I am in for, and it's, it's great for people who are good at it. I am not good at it. I think there needs to be a level of patience, maybe involved um and that long term i am more about really quick short term let's get down to business and let's fix it and move on so it's not so much of that emotional relationship with what we're doing it's Mm -hmm. more structural and yeah so i i'm kind of basic i'm an outcome analyst and is what your what your choices are right now are they yielding the results that you think you want and most of the time with my clients they're not and they can't understand the disconnect. So I help them join those dots and then give them strategies on how to move forward. I love it. I love it. And I, and I think, you know, I really hope people can get that, like in talking with you, how your brain works and this whole idea of the, the fact that you're able to, to think opposite, you're able to look outside the box and, and examine things in a different way, gives you those insights to be able to just like take a bird's eye view at somebody's business, look at it and go, well, this is what's not working. Let's change this, move this piece here, move this piece there. And then boom, things change yeah. dramatically. It's shocking. And it's so cool to mm-hmm. watch that happen. Like I had two clients earlier this week and one was, um, she owns a hair salon and wants to take time off, but everything in her structure keeps her there. So she can't take time off because mm. she's created the system that doesn't allow it, but because she's so in it, she can't see it. Right. And so she's work, looking for somebody who um, can fill two roles, but they're not going to do either one well because they're going to be more drawn into being part A of the role or part B of the role because they're not related roles. 
And so now she's like, oh, okay, so now I get it. And she's so excited to move forward and figure something else out. Another woman, she deals with um, vibration. And she knows about um, flower essence. And I'm saying, well, why? I've never heard of flower essence. I don't even know what that is. So she starts explaining it to me. And I'm like, no, 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 you're missing. I don't necessarily (laughs) care what it is, but I don't know what it is. And why don't I know? Like, what are you not doing that has made me aware of what Mm -hmm. this is? Mm -hmm. So now she's realizing, oh, she totally has a niche there because it's not a common thing. People have heard of essential oils and other things, but Mm -hmm. flower essence is something very different. Yeah, it's it's definitely more into the the woo. I knew I do know what it is, but you excellent. Know, I, I have figured the, you I have might. The, yeah, I do have more of a workshop there. <laughs> <laughs> I have <laughs> surprising, um, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. And so very often it's just those little shifts that people need to make, and it it works out quite well. And I think I'm really able to see examples and other things. Like my son is a Patriots fan. And, um, well, I shouldn't say he's a fan. I think he likes the Texas Rangers better, but he loves the Patriots because of their disadvantage that they seemingly have. And I'm like, well, what do you mean they keep winning? And he goes, but they shouldn't win. And I'm like, what do you mean they shouldn't win? And he said, well, they don't use like 65 million of their budget. And I'm like, well, that's a lot of money. That's crazy. They don't pay their, their, um, players top dollar. Clearly, mm. if they're saving that much money, yeah. people still want to work for them. They get rid of excellent players, like really, really good players for seemingly no reason. Mm. Um, they have last draft pick because they're the best team, so they pick last. And it's uh, sort of the NFL's way of um, stopping uh, dynasty teams, you know, those oh, teams yeah. that are so loaded. Yeah. Yeah. So they try to do as much as they can. So the odds are totally against them, yet they keep winning. Like they've won eight straight division titles. Like that's a record. That's crazy. They've won um, AFC champs. They've been champs 14 or 16 times. That's a, that's a record. They've been to the Super Bowl nine times and they've won five of those times. Wow. So my brain automatically goes to how is this even possible? Tom Brady was like 199th draft pick that shouldn't like he should never have been picked up and he is arguably the best quarterback ever wow their manager was kind of a shit manager like when he was an assistant manager he was like he was really bad he never should have been promoted to being a head manager and yet the two of them together the way that they see things the way that they foster this this team environment and that's why they get rid of their good players because they're not good for the team, oh. right? They're not contributing to that team environment. Right. And so they have players that play really, really well for them, but when they leave, they don't play well at all. They have um, really bad players come in and they turn them around into really, really great players wow. because of that environment, which kind of takes us to that, the third part um, that I deal with with customers and in my, with my clients is the staffing part. Like, how are you treating your staff? Are they part of the team? Do you understand why they're working for you and not somebody else? Mm. Because if you don't know all of that, then you might be paying them. But in reality, they're working for your competition because they're doing such a shit job for you. Right. That you're paying them to ruin your company. And wow. are you even aware of that? And how are you fostering that connection with them? How are you caring about their life so that they can care about your business? I love it. So mm-hmm. if people want to reach out and get their business strategized with you, how do they find you? 
Well, they can email me, Allison with one L, just like Starbucks does. Um, <laughs> um, Allison, A-L-I-S-O-N at dominothinking.com. They can go to my website, dominothinking.com. They can find me on um, Instagram or Twitter at Domino Thinking. They can find me on, no, no, hang on, because I always get them mixed up. Instagram and Facebook are Domino Thinking, and Twitter and LinkedIn is my name, Allison Donaghy, D-O-N-A-G-H-E-Y. And I would be happy to do information sessions and, and just talk about what people's needs are, because not everybody needs me. And then that's great, and it's great to find that out right away. But oh, because the ones it. that I can help, then, I, then it's really cool what we're able to do together. Absolutely. So <laughs> exciting. I want to thank you. I know we could go on and talk for a couple more hours because you Easy. and I just clicked and we're like, <laughs> could run off on, on tangents. And, uh, but we do want to stick to the half hour. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming on and sharing all this awesome stuff. I love it. Well, thanks for having me. It's always such a treat. <sighs> Thanks for tuning in to The Inner Dominatrix, the show that lets you step into your bold, sexy, fun-filled life. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love for you to tell your friends about it. And if you're ready to own your inner dominatrix, then hop over to my website, innerdominatrix.com, and let's have a conversation to get you rocking your bold, sexy, fun-filled life. 